You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hardcore podcast. I'm Patrick. I'm Bob. And I'm Tom. Mm. Let's mm. do some fucking ad reads. Oh, uh, praise, thank you, gratitude forever to Closed Casket Activities. Gratitude. Praise, thank you, gratitude to To Live a Lie. Big thanks. Praise, thank you, gratitude to Run for Cover Records. Sing their praises. Praise, thank you, gratitude to Convulse Records. Uh, Hosanna on high. Guys, today we are going to the little corner of the world that we call Boston, Massachusetts. Perhaps it's the Ripinest Town. Um, Perhaps, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of what's the AN Boston lyric? Uh, I don't Boston know. Boston is the reason why I'm feeling so blue. Yeah, there we go. Uh, <laughs> but it say, also is. I was gonna say, don't don't throw me in the, don't throw don't throw me in the uh, in Charles, the deep end of American Nightmare. In the bushes or something. What, what's what's the what? American Nightmare? What's the American Nightmare line? I think that's the one. That's the lyric. This, those are our favorite lyrics. Don't throw me in the bushes. <laughs> don't throw me down, Clark. What the fuck are you talking? Don't throw me in the bushes. That's that's their new hit <laughs> don't single. Yeah, don't listen. throw me in the bushes by I'm American like Nightmare. I'm putting it together in my head. It's not coming out of my mouth. <laughs> oh, for a brilliant lyricist, sometimes. Um, run for cover records. Run for cover records.com. Guys, take us away. All right, Tom. I'm going to lead this one because you can I, go ahead, buddy. I would like to push something that I don't know if our audience is naturally inclined to check out, right? Uh, and maybe I'm not giving you enough credit. But I'm imagining that our our listenership, when they open the Run for Cover page, they gravitate towards, for example, the One Step Closer record or the Narrowhead record, and they might not know what Lands is, right? Yeah. Uh, so they don't click on it. They never heard the name or blah, blah, blah. Uh, so I, I checked this out recently. This is uh, not what we talk about, but it's right in the lane of what so many people that listen to this actually listen to in their non-moshing moments. Uh, it's kind of got a little cat power if it had like feist productions, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's a, a production E, uh, but is really all leaning on this woman's voice. And it's really quite pretty. Uh, so for anybody uh, listening to this that uh, doesn't know what it is, you now know what it is. <laughs> and now you should check it out. Uh, I was just looking for something to talk about. Uh, like, oh, what, what should we pump for, for Run for Cover today? And I gave it a listen. I was like, oh, how does this not make my radar? And the answer is because uh, I'm too busy moshing. But for the m- rare moments that you're not moshing, this might be for you. Look at you. Sometimes you need some not moshing music. You know what I mean? On occasion. 
once in a Speaking while. Speaking of not washing. Mm. The uh, 2023 is a momentous anniversary in the history of this band and for Rudden for Cover. Okay, what do we got? It's the 10th anniversary of the youth record by Citizen. Oh. Ooh, and they're doing, one. yeah. Um, they are doing a bunch of shows uh, in the Northeast, Midwest, California area. That are selling out and, and needing second dates at a lot of these places, which is insane. They're playing Brooklyn um, right around the middle of June in a giant place that's probably going to sell out in, in like a week or two. Uh, a place called uh, Knockdown Center. So if you've been to Knockdown Center, you know how big mm. that place is. Um, and they almost sold it out like the first day. Mm. So um, going out with our buddies in Fiddlehead, doing a bunch of stuff. Um, this is probably one of the pillars, like would you guys say, for um, Run for Cover? This a turnover record? I think so. Fight. I think I think more than more than um, more than many people acknowledge. Uh, you know, I think it's right up there, and I think it's funny because it's just one of those records that skips my purview just a little bit. But there's so many people out there, Tom. Just like you said, they put it right there with the title fights, the Tiger's job, everything, the turnovers. It's 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 one of the pillars. Yeah, yeah, great record. Um, made a huge impact. Then it's cool to see that. Yeah, I mean, because Citizen never kind of went away. They've always been a, been at it and and cha- and changing and doing new things and still touring and drawing a ton of people and all that sort of stuff. But it's cool to see like this record getting like this like celebration. You know, ten years down the line, so go get it. There's a couple. There's a record. They, they have one version of the vinyl left in the store. I would mm. imagine there's probably something coming out, and I have mm. no idea. I'm just guessing, but I would imagine, given the tour and the label, you know, like the the anniversary part of it, I, I would imagine there's something else coming out. And I just, it's funny. I went through. I'm looking for the Run for Cover lyrics uh, releases. Did Self Defense Family put out a record with areoles on it? <laughs> a long time ago. Oh yeah, oh yeah. The yeah. photo. Didn't I realize. I heard "Crime Gets You Off" uh, backed mm-hmm. with "To Your scra- To Your Scattered Bodies Go." That was not. I was not expecting. I was like, "Oh shit!" Good con. They were good. Self Defense Family photo pair of titties. Yeah. Oops. Yes. God, sorry. Not Just making boob jokes over here. I'm sorry. Yeah, maybe not. That's that's the we got other podcasts that Pat does can we can do that. Um, <laughs> yeah. So citizen youth uh, run for cover records dot com. There you go. Run for cover records dot com. All right. Uh, Convulse records. We will ease up on the boob jokes. Uh, Convulse records dot com. Let's talk about some Convulse records. What do you guys got? What what do I got, Tom? I think this one you read. You lead. You lead. <laughs> I wasn't supposed to, but okay. Um, they're putting out the new MS Paint record. Oh, right. It's a pre-order that's up. It's called Post American. It's a twelve-inch. It's being. Uh, it comes out March twenty-fifth from Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Which one day I had that like, it was MS Paint like Mississippi Paint. <laughs> and not Microsoft Paint. It blew my mind. Yo, um, you're yes. blowing my mind now. Uh, right? Someone I mean, told me that, Tom, and I I 
was like, whoa, same thing. Like, right. It's like when you see the arrow in the FedEx logo, you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. So Mississippi. Do you guys like that? Do you guys like that stuff? The like things you can't unsee? Yes. Like the Baskin Robbins or like, yeah. There's like yeah. stuff in the Wendy's logo. It's like all this have, stuff. It's like oh, I feel much. like I've talked about it. The N64, like Goldeneye. Have you guys? I feel like I've literally specifically talked about this on here. I'm sending it to the chat. Um, if you look at the cover of the Goldeneye box, the way that um, what's his face Pierce Brosnan is holding the gun under his face, it looks like it's his mouth stretched out. Mm. And now when I look at that, that's all I can see. Like he looks like he has this weird distended long mouth. Uh, oh, I see. Yeah. Weird, right? Looks so weird. Why is it? Yeah, like it looks like he has like a tooth infection. <laughs> um, speaking of, how's yours? Good. I'm on lots of uh, clindamycin. Um, it was really bad for a minute. And then I'm, I'm good. Good to hear. Back to MS Paint, Mississippi Paint, Post American. Um Yo, I'm excited about this record. I don't even really know what to call MS Paint musically. And like, it's just a lot of energy in a really unique kind of punk music, hardcore way. Yeah. Um, Shows are fun. They always look lit. It always looks pretty crazy. Yes. People seem to be having a good time. Yeah. 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 Uh, A bunch of it is sold out. A bunch of the exclusive versions. There's still the bubblegum pink. The record looks cool. Uh, yeah. Cool. yeah like this band has their own thing going on i have a feeling this is going to be one of those records that people if you sleep on it you're going to wish you had gotten a cool version of it so um don't don't sleep on it convulserecords.com pre-order that ms paint record it'll be out sooner than you think you guys realize it's february yeah it's brutal yeah where did somebody owes me 30 days here that's, that's crazy <laughs> Yo, um, can I yeah. Go. Is, is Biohazard the first Uncanny Valley band? Uh, for uh, Uncanny Valley, possibly, punk, possibly. Punk no, 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 Uncanny no, Valley no. punk bands before this. Is, is, no, is, possibly. I'm thinking about it. Bands that are hardcore in a lot of ways, but in certain senses, there's people who would argue that they're not hardcore. Well, and you gotta kind of cop to like, well, maybe. But I don't know. In, I don't know what to call Biohazard musically, if not hardcore, right? Like, I I don't know what it would fall under. So I'm willing to give it to them. But there's also something that's like, like the Tom Hanks eyes in Polar Express. <laughs> I mean, so here's the thing: if the genre groove metal didn't exist, I would maybe consider leaning that way but like biohazard isn't a groove metal the genre band even if they are metallic and have a lot of groove in their music right um yeah i I don't know i I don't it's also not metalcore right no it's listen it's not metalcore and it's not metal like somebody might call it metal but i it's not And, and it's not new metal and it's but I mean, it has aspects of all of these things, I suppose. But mm-hmm. it, it is—I uh, don't know. I've, so, in our group chat, there were all in. Somebody just sent us a new, the new Evan Seinfeld acting strange just dropped, and and, <laughs> and, and somebody sent it to us. Which, by the way, I was going to say, I watched the video, the the 
it's a promo for a biohazard record, I guess. <clears throat> and uh, I watched it, a little thing on his Instagram or whatever. And I, I, would, I was going to say, what is Evan going through? And then I scrolled down. You know what Evan's going through? Uh, a, real, a really nice life. <laughs> That's what Evan is yeah, going living through. In, living in Mexico, <laughs> teaching people how to be quote unquote men. And, uh, <laughs> is that what he's yeah. doing? Is, is that what he's doing? Oh, no. He's like Andrew oh, Tate boy. for people who are even douchier. Um, oh, no shit. I should sign up. Wow. I forget what it's called. <laughs> it's like something with man in it. Go, Pat, go to his. Circle of Brotherhood. I'm looking at it now. No, no, no. It's something worse. It's like it's like a isn't it like it's a wacka wacka like um like a pun on manhood. What do we, what do we Yes. <laughs> really no shit. Okay. Yeah, let me go find it. Vamp while I look. Okay. Um I mean Mantor. Look. He's a mantor. It's oh, mantorship. Mantorship. Like I said, a mentorship. What? Yes, okay. Mm-hmm. That rules. He's living in Tulum, Mexico. Yep. I mean Look. Life I'm, could be worse, man. Are we accusing him of juicing? No, no, because he was fat, uh, but and he lost a bunch of weight. He's fucking rip, rip now. How old's my guy? <laughs> Got to be early to mid fifties. Let me tell you, not easy to get ripped past forty. <laughs> so this no, but he's been in good shape for a while, though. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you remember Bio has back in the day. He was like chubby, and then he yeah. lost a bunch of weight. I'm gonna be honest. I mean, this yeah. is just this is just jealousy. I mean, it could be HGH, man. Who's testing him? He's a fucking guy with a bloom. (laughs) There's no fucking, there's no like, there's no athletic fucking, you know, oversight that's like, you know, who gives a shit? He's probably shooting fucking HGH into his balls. Who gives a crap? Yeah, I don't like to, I don't like to accuse fellas that because I know, Jesus. When you go to uh, Evan Seinfeld, there's, uh, your your related accounts are pretty wild. Um, So He's 55. 55. Shout out to Evan Seinfeld, who's looking like a fucking beast at, at uh, 100. And he's 59. He's five foot nine, so he's a short king. Yeah, he's a short king. Wow. He's, uh, I'm signing up for the mentorship. How much is it going to Yo, cost? really quick, really quick. Five nine is on the line. Do they qualify for full short king status, nah. or are they in the Netherland, like nah. where they're not, they're not, clearly not tall, but they're not quite a short king? Like, well, right, you're I'll taller say, than most girls. Oh, as, as a 5'10 guy, I would yeah. say uh, if you're thin, everybody thinks you're tall. Taller than you are. Absolutely. Yeah. True, true, true. And if you are – oh, God, he did like a – sorry. If you're a little like, bit more stocky or like um, like broad-shouldered, broad, broad-boned, it might – you could – you might qualify. Mm. Tom, give me a ruling because you're, you're, you're six foot, right? Yeah, yeah, I think you look shorter. Like people go, like I'm like, oh, I'm like yeah. six. They're like, really? I go, yeah. Like put me up no, next I, to you're, like, oh, Yeah, like, you're you're clearly a tall dude. Pat looks taller because he's thin. Yep. Also, if you go to mantorship.com, the opening splash page is that you son of a bitch, like them doing the uh, yes. from Carl Weathers and all Schwarzenegger doing the arm thing that became yes. mean. Um, let's see how much coaching is. Well, can I address something real quick? Uh, this is now the Evan Seinfeld show. I uh, and I promise you, this Seinfeld. is not a hidden read. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> a fifty-minute one-on-one private coaching session with Evan Seinfeld using the calendar above, hundred fifty dollars. I'm in. Uh, what? I don't got hundred fifty dollars for Evan, dude. You and this is what you and Eric should do. hundred percent, yo. You're welcome. Wow. I'm gonna wow. go do the Tom. JJ walking tour and then this. 
and Tom, Jesus, you're, on, you're just, giving him all the gems today. I just got to say, there is a, he used a uh, AI generated uh, image of, I guess, himself covered in tattoos or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. But the nipples are AI generated, and they are vomiting. Uncanny Valley. Ne- oh my god, <laughs> I can't look at them. Uh, anyway, Uncanny shout out to Evan Valley Seinfeld, uh, new Biohazard record. Uh, I'm gonna uh, listen to Biohazard today to celebrate uh, this uh, this moment. Celebrate nipples and Uncanny Valley, the the weird valley you created. Um, yo, can we talk about something really exciting? Yeah, please. Um, Tom, do we got anything really cool to announce? Um, yes. I have to look at the date though. <laughs> I don't oh, remember the date. Oh, Sunday, Sunday, February twenty sixth. Yeah, is it twenty sixth? That's what <clears throat> I knew it was a Sunday. But I've been looking at the uh, drug church tour dates because I want to go to the New York yeah. one. Hint, mm-hmm. hint, Pat. Oh, um, and uh, yeah, so February twenty sixth. Um, th- your boys are going to be in Brooklyn at the wonderful Saint Vitus. Um, yeah, facility. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be an early show. Yeah, matinee, Sunday matinee style. Sunday matinee, uh, Sunday matinee. Um, tickets are going to go on sale. Mm-hmm. If you're going to hear this, if you hear this on Tuesday, July, uh, January 31st, they'll be on sale February 1st, Wednesday. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll say noon. How about that? Yeah. Mm. Um, if you've been to St. Vitus, it's not big for for hardcore shows. Yeah. There's going to be less room. Than a regular hardcore show because we're gonna have seats because nobody wants to stand up and hear Pat talk for three hours. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's gonna be limited tickets. So if you want to go, you should probably get them quick. Um, yes. So yes. Um, yeah, February 26th, it's Sunday, 3 p.m. Um, we'll tweet out like the link to the tickets uh, yes. when they go up. We'll be promoting all that. Yes, we'll have a flyer, the whole nine yards. Uh, major, major, major thank you to Tom for facilitating all the heavy lifting here. Uh, I have been knee deep in uh, like suburban uh, goofball nonsense for the past week, and he just was like, "Hold on, let me just do this." So, shout out and thank you to you, Tom. Um, shout out to appreciate Dave it, for and us. shout out to Dave. Uh, shout out to Saint Vitus. Um, shout out to our friends at Worst Possible Timeline who will mm. be joining us. Yeah. Uh, fortunately or unfortunately. Shout out to our friends at Overnight Drive who will be joining us. Fortunately or unfortunately. Um, and that's it. It'll be fantastic. Uh, we're going to do this. I don't know how many times we get a chance to do this. Um, full transparency. Patrick lives in Australia. So uh, you should come see us. We won't be able to do this every time Drug Church do, does a tour, but we will this time. We did one in L.A. Um, as you might know, our home turf is is the East Coast. So uh, pretty excited about it um, and really thankful to everybody who gives us the opportunity to do this. It's We had a lot of fun in L.A. I think we'll have even more fun in New York. And I've gotten hit up by a lot of people who ask, like, what's the best way I can support you? Is there things like how can we help? Come out to the live show and have a fun time. We're just going to have a great time with it. So that's that's our piece. And you'll hear us talk about it. But uh, sell it out so we don't have to promote it so much. Is that nice? That's nice. Are you excited to do it, Patrick? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I am excited. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to talk more. I can't believe people aren't sick of me fucking talking. Like, I mean, you ever- no one said that. Yeah, <laughs> pretty presumptuous on you, man. Like, but do you ever like, like Tom? 
I'm sure you've had this feeling. You 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 have been in uh, 1.5 bands for 150 years. What the fuck does that mean? It, it means that like it's the same members. So yes. when switch out so, the bass player, and we're, yeah. Yes, you know what I mean. One point five. Yes, and, I thought and, you meant because I was in MPB for a short period of time. No, no, no. So <coughs> it, 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 you did the only material that matters by a wide margin. I mean, uh, that's what I think. That's what my mom thinks too. So, but do you ever? I know you've had this feeling, and you're going to get a little verklempt now, where you you go, "Yeah, we're good at what we do. I'm I'm good at this." And you go, "It's still crazy. Anyone gives a shit? You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's still yes, every it's time standard. we play a show." Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how I feel about all sorts of shit. I'm like, oh, well, all right. I'm here because you're here. Uh, we're, we'll I'll keep doing it till you uh, put me out to pasture. I guess. Um, yeah, we're lucky. So, very lucky. Uh, very lucky. So uh, I have one ad read of my own, and then let's get to some hardcore. Which oh, is- okay. Can I promote the uh, my parent teacher basketball game this Friday? Of you can. I don't need to. It's already sold out. Cool <laughs> oh shit! I can't say that for myself. Everybody. Uh, I have a graphic novel coming out called Stringer. It's with the artist Paul Tucker uh, and Wallace Ryan, who is uh, hand lettering the thing. It is uh, pure comics. It's uh, work I'm very, very proud of. However, it is one of the few things that I can recommend to anyone that I've done. So a lot of stuff I do is in uh, science fiction or or uh, superhero stuff, stuff that can be a little bit alienating uh, to people that aren't immediately drawn to those. Stringer is a uh, crime story, uh, which uh, and it's grounded. It's got some great cartooning in it that uh, is wild and inventive, but the story is something that anyone in our listenership could uh, get behind. It's a uh, a tennis racket stringer in the 1980s who sells cocaine and he gets in over his head. It's it's just a crime story and it's well done uh, and. Cool. Final order cutoff, which means that they that's when they say, okay, we've got the orders. Now we're going to print them, uh, is coming up soon. And I need you to go. I normally, I direct you to comic book stores and that's pointless because most of you are like those smelly places. No, I don't want to go there. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to make this easy on you. Go to Amazon, <clears throat> uh, order the hardcover for twenty two ninety nine. Uh, if you go to Amazon, it says there's a paperback for $61. That is not my book. And that's just the fact that Amazon has a billion books and some of them have the same name. Uh, <laughs> go to the hardcover for twenty two ninety nine. I promise you, in addition to being like a very well-presented uh, artifact, it's a good-looking book, uh, it will be a fulfilling read. So there you go. twenty two ninety nine Stringer hardcover on Amazon.com right now. Put it on your nightstand. Put it on your your table in your living room. Exactly. So let's see that. Let's see that bump. Use it as your background on your Twitch. Yeah. Do cocaine. You don't have to read it. Yeah. Just buy it. Um. Yo, I have a question here for both of you. Um, do you think you would be a good bartender? No. Tom, definitely not. Why not? I don't have an. To be a bartender requires a, an. Uh, extraordinarily ordered mind of which I do not have. So like, okay. have, yeah, yeah, I get you. Things. It's, yeah, yeah. Th- that's it. The job is remembering things. That's hard. Tom, why not? I don't think you, you, you have a much more ordered mind than Patrick. Yeah, but I still couldn't do it. And, and full transparency, I fucking hate drunk people. Yeah. Yeah. See that's, I don't like drunk <laughs> not to be a dick. Either. Like I, I don't no. mind people drinking, but like I've had so many interactions with like sloppy drunk people or aggressive drunk people in my life that, yeah, I'd rather I'd rather work at a fucking pot bar. 
Well, I'll so fucking here, light, I'll light your blunt for you. Like I don't give a shit. Here's my only because uh, I was talking to a friend about it, uh, and I was like, yeah, you know, because he's a pretty gregarious person, as I think both of you are. You can talk to anybody about just about anything. Tom, you talk to me and Patrick about really, really stuff you don't want to talk about and deal with. So I know you could do that, but you're right. The sloppy drunk element, different energy, right? Especially in person, you're like, what am I doing here, right? Um, yeah. But but I was like, I think my only holdback is I think I'd be bad at making drinks. I'd be terrible. I can't even I can't cook because you know, like the flavor thing. But I was like, so so to the the people out there who drink, could you make virgin versions of a drink? And as long as that version is good, if you added the alcohol, would it still be good? I can't tell. I don't know. Um, but you might have just talked me out of a career change because the sloppy drunk element is high in this region. It's rough. Um, and the money is good. But during the but summer, like all the fucking the Benny, the drunk Bennies, get the, the fuck out of here. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. I, I don't know if you guys ever do this. I talked to the Ubers people, the Uber, Uber Alice, Uber peeps, um, especially the ones I've done in Vegas to ask them for their stories. Like, oh, yeah. You ever have to, because a lot of times I end up, I will take, if I'm in the city and I take a bus or even the train, I'll catch an Uber from their home. Um, you know, I'm I'm sober at 1 a.m. and that's rare for many of these people. So I just talk to them, and many times they're like, "Oh yeah." Some are like, "Yeah, I'm in it," but if they're too sloppy, I, I cut them. I, I'm like, "Yeah, I can't take you on the ride," you know. But then others have horror stories where it's like, "Yeah, I just pull the over and be like, hey, you got to get out. You're too drunk,' you know." So it's yeah. uh, it's that's too much. That's too much. Good argument for sobriety. <clears throat> yeah, we got all militant for a second, but I couldn't do it. <laughs> um all right yo uh you guys want to talk a little bit about hardcore let's talk a little hardcore tom and i have both been to shows while you've been sleeping bob i've been so, sleeping i've been sleeping catch me up sleeping beauty over here let's talk on it uh i went to a show in perth uh that was a no-brainer uh second band was rat king uh, third band was uh, California's Drain, and uh, your headliner that night, uh, Canada's own. I uh, don't know what city. Canada, Vancouver. Canada's own. No, uh, Winnipeg. Calgary. Cal- Calgary. Calgary. Yeah. Ca- Calgary's own comeback kid. Uh, this uh, opening bands were good. Uh, you know. Uh, no brainer plays kind of like uh, I. Th- it's so funny. I was it, it's for Winnipeg, Winnipeg, Manitoba. Sorry, Winnipeg. not Calgary. Yes, Winnipeg. People get upset. You know when somebody articulates a thing that you are trying to explain, but they they do it in a second. You know, yes. like and and you're like, I was like, yeah, it's kind of like the hardcore is a. Uh, you know, it's it's a uh, it's quite rocking, but it's uh, obviously got like a New York like a, a little bit of a New York thing, like in the vocals, like almost, uh, I mean, live, it's all, it borders on 25 to life. Uh, and it's like, but the music is like a little bit more, uh, it's updated. From, and somebody's like, I, I was hearing backtrack and I was like, yeah, that's exactly what I'm expressing. Never mind. I'm just, <laughs> I just, I just talked about it for longer than the record existed, yeah, but yeah, yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, good. It was good. Uh, rat King, uh, was, uh, really interesting because I was with somebody that was like, well, what is, what do you call this? Uh, cause this is, a, I, I went with a fellow who's, 
his hardcore is like, I don't want to call it more narrow, but like what he listens to, uh, is like, you know, he's, he, he, he listens to what he listens to. Right. So he, so he's like, uh, what, what exactly is this? I was like, it's got the trappings of crossover, but is, uh, hardcore for sure. Uh, and at no point, the guys all look like the guy from give the singer from give. So just imagine like four variations on the singer from give. Uh, so I think we're thinking it's weird. I think we're overthinking it and thinking like, Oh, they got long hair. They're maybe they're Heshers or something. No, it's like good hardcore with, with like thrash crawling. What about surf elements? Everything I'm reading says surf. I did not. I'm sorry. (laughs) Unless it's a different rat King from Perth. Mm. I did not detect very many surf elements, I'm afraid. Rat King are a Perth-based surf punk band that delves into mental health issues, political forces, and addiction culture. Uh, I mean, I would believe. Unless there's a different I would believe Rat all King the parts from Perth. Well, make sure, I, make sure I'm giving the band the, their propers and it's the right name. Look up the show I went to. I thought it was Rat King. Um, but. Yeah, let me uh, do that for you, Pat. My <laughs> fucking uh, producer. Drain was excellent. Uh, probably the most uh, natural of the, uh, Hey, I want to see some action here bands. Right. So this is a, a, an amazing thing that happens. And, uh, to those of you that don't get their response, you're probably a little bitter, but the difference between a band that asks for your, uh, your engagement and doesn't get it versus a band that, that prompts you and you immediately do it is something that can be learned uh, over time, but some people have it from early on and, uh, drain has it from very early in their career. Uh, people just want to move. And, and Sammy does it in a way. It's not a, a demand. It's mm. a like, dude, I'm already in the pool. Come on in. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it, it's like, it's cool. It's not even cold. No, Great no. nature for it. The way I described no. it is, uh, musically, if Sammy's frowning, this is a completely different animal. Completely different type of band, completely different energy, but because Drain, you know, I mean, he he has a heel turn in him if he ever wants, right? Yeah, like, oh yeah, he could go. Hollywood he comes out on stage with scowl and uh, an obituary T-shirt, and uh, all of a sudden, it's people are hurting each other. You know? Yeah, I mean, he wasn't Gulch, and they were the opposite, the polar opposite of Drain. That's true. I mean, he he's just got like such a um, uh, like it it uh. I think it makes it palatable because Drain, like that's likable thrash music, right? That's that's likable, but it's still pretty fucking hard and it's pretty fucking thrashy, and it could lose a lot of people. But I think that uh, he has an immediate uh, ameliorating effect uh, on on music that could otherwise be for like people that aren't into that style of music might lose them. I think it like it broadens it. Um, they were excellent. And massive response. Uh, Perth really, really did the thing. I, I was really excited to, uh, to see that. Uh, and uh, I guess their whole tour uh, in in Australia went very well. Happy for them. Uh, and then uh, Comeback Kid played. Now, I don't recall the content of, I guess we did an episode about Comeback Kid to some extent. Yes, right? we did we, about uh, Wait to Jesus Christ. Uh, is this true? Did we do did we do something like this? Do I not remember this? <laughs> I, 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 I didn't remember. So, uh, 
Tom, there's no way we did that just me and you, right? Like Patrick was on that episode, right? Like yeah, I'm he not did. Wrong. Yeah, we did it. Yeah. Wake the Dead. Remember, we were like, it's like a lot more Madball. There's a, yeah, 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 yeah. it is. Well, yeah, the three of us are doing it. Here's the thing. I don't recall what I said on that. What if it was negative? I take probably, it probably something really nice about them. If I say if it was negative, I take it all back. And here's why: they uh, took it in good. Whatever they, I was effusive because I really like that record. But they took it in great spirit. So shout out to those dudes. Yeah, I, I'm sorry <laughs> for anybody that thinks they're too cool for comeback kid. This is going to be a trying two minutes on my part. Yo, this is an all-time pro-core act. I was so... Now, I'd seen Comeback Kid, I guess, but I never really paid attention. Here, I was, you know, facing, like, front, like... uh, Facing forward? Yeah, I was three rows back, (laughs) people kicking me in the head. And they are really, really good at what they are doing and live it loses all the elements that I don't care for. Right. So on record, I don't like those, those clean vocal parts. Now for people that have no familiarity with comeback kid, I'm not talking about like soaring fucking metalcore vocals. There's just like, they, they will lean to kind of chanted clean vocals at times. Uh, it definitely works for the style of music that they're doing. It's just not to my taste live it loses all those elements because everybody's voice is raw and hoarse and it's got much mm. more of like a gang vocal, the type that I understand sort of energy to it. And they never stop moving. They are, look, I know professional band is like a naughty word. D- they sound so 20 years deep and, and still are moving. I was so goddamn impressed <laughs> that I was like, yo, I get Comeback Kid for the first time in my life. Band's been around 20 years and I get Comeback Kid. Uh, I was, and yo, live, it's, it's fucking a lot of Mad Bull. <laughs> like, it's like when we, if a lot we of said, Mad Bull, a lot of terror. Yeah. If we said that on, if we said that on that episode, you know, let me underline it. It's like all the elements of hardcore. That if you are if you were around from like 1997 to like 2008, you, you this all makes I I get why Comeback Kid brings people out that don't go out anymore. You know what I mean? Because it's like yo, it's they're an exemplary of that style that was around like really really good. So I just wanted to say I've uh, and it's not like it's not like they they didn't press me. You know what I mean? This isn't this isn't said under say hello. This isn't said under duress. <laughs> you know I, mean? uh, I talked to the one fella for a while. Um, <laughs> one fella, what's his name? I don't know, but I talked to him for three hours. No, no, no. He, I, so I didn't know he's not an original member. His, his fella's name's Chase. Um, mm. oh, okay. Uh, I think Andrew and the guitar player are original. Yes, correct. Uh, um, really, I was just. I don't know. I, I was really impressed. I, I wanted to say, I was thinking on the episode yesterday, uh, yesterday, last week's episode, where we were talking a little bit about Madball. And was that on the Patreon, maybe? Yeah, it was on the Patreon. Yes. We were talking about Madball. Tom, you made the point that Madball, both sonically and, and other things, but really sonically, has something almost for everyone in terms of hardcore, but not in some corny, like, we're, we're genre hopping, right? Right. And in talking about Comeback Kid, like, 
you're so right about them having a lot of Madball in that DNA because I feel like they took like all that bounce energy and kind of like nonstop element of Madball that I think gets lost by bands who are focusing on the the harder like riffier elements of Madball. Right, like the bouncy lo- stuff. Yeah. Right, they lose that. Like, yo, I don't know if Madball works the same if they aren't going for almost nonstop energy their whole set you know and i think uh that's a a little bit of a cheat code for bands no matter what your sound is what your aim is do your best to keep your energy high because man like that's thrilling whether someone goes home and listens to your record or not um and i think that could be said about a band like drain and certainly could be said about a band like comeback kid too right like there's just a lot of energy coming off that stage and you might be able to musically not care for it on recording, but in a live setting, it goes big. Yeah, I think Andrew's like an exemplary front person, and the other dudes are jumping around and stuff. But like, I think he, you know, he was in he was in Figure Four. So Pat, like, you know, he wasn't on the early the first two records. Right? Yeah. So I had I had to ask. He played like, guitar. Right. Yeah. So he's he's like an OG, but he just took the the singer role when uh, the other right. So Scott Wade was the singer. Scott Wade, yeah. And he, but Andrew sang for Figure Four. Who you remember? Yeah, do you yeah. remember Figure Four? Yeah, it was like it was like, like more like that hate breed kind of yeah, breed style. Yeah, heavy, heavy, super heavy. So like Scott left like soon after. I could be. I don't know the dates exactly, but like, uh, Wake the Dead was like was like their like fucking really their big hit that was like secular because that first record was more like Christian. Mm. Yep. And this, the Wake the Dead was on Victory and whatever, and that's like really kind of brought them to like the. I mean, they're still big because of that. Yeah, and they put out good records in the meantime. But like, that's their record that like blew them blew the doors open. Mm. But I think Scott left like not very long after that record came out, and Jeremy took over. But like, his voice is a lot harsher than Scott's. No, wait, who Andrew took over? Yeah, Andrews is a lot. Yeah, what did I say? You said Jeremy. Yeah. Oh, Jeremy's the other guitar player. Sorry, that's that's what good, I. Yeah. Wow, good memory. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think harsher voice. Yeah, yeah, and it just you know, I I think, yeah, I think people kind of. I mean, they're obviously still very popular because they kill in Europe. They're doing great in Europe. You know, they do incredibly well in the states. But like, I think for like the twenty twenty three hardcore kid, like you're doing yourself a disservice by not giving them a shot. Yeah, because I think they're like on that like terror mad bowl level in terms of like live proficiency too oh i mean i was really impressed by like it's a it, the band is fully dialed in like and i know that people might hear that and go uh yeah they've been around for 20 years but let me tell you that doesn't, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't always like matter together for 40 years that aren't that dialed in yeah it does not always matter look at I pat was, patty scene report yeah it's yeah patty. that's my scene report I want to I want to circle back to the idea of like what what that is about a live performance and the difference and like the idea of professional versus like what is the alternative you know what I mean like amateur but um, before we do that I'd rather talk about trapped under ice mm, and go. and mind force uh, and and we do have someone age who went to those shows and age of Apocalypse. there we go with their bunch bands um, so Tom give us. Give us the New York scene report. We heard from Perth. Let's hear from the capital of the world. The capital of the world. Yeah. So I went to see Saturday. I went and saw 
Um, well, Friday, I mean, New York was like insane this weekend. Friday, MAB, Mutually Assured Destruction, our boy uh, Ace played St. Vitus. Mm. Hell yeah. Friday night. I got stuck doing work, so I missed the whole goddamn thing because work. Um, then Saturday was two two day two shows of Mind Force at um, at St. Vitus, an, an early show and a night show. Um, give me one second. I just want to pull up and make sure I got everybody. You get that, that lineup. I, I I afterwards the day after Tom, I texted uh, Jay from Mind Force and told him I was like, uh, "Hey, today's your day of rest because yesterday you were doing the New Lord's work." <laughs> pretty good, right? That's pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, so yeah, yes. So the first show it started at one o'clock, which is tough, but it was mobbed. Uh, Means of Survival, Adrian, Moment of Truth, Age of Apocalypse, Mind Force, all the bands killed. Um, and then um, Moment of Truth opened with Clobbering Time, which was fucking cool. Um, and then that night it was Exhibition from Buffalo, Deadless, oh, Deadlast, oh. Seat of Pain. Age of Apocalypse, Mind Force. I didn't go to the second show because it was like sold out, and I didn't want to be that guy. I probably could have hidden the freezer downstairs when we were talking to when I was talking to Dave to figure out um, the live um, actually grind, but I figured sure. you know. Um, but yeah, all the, it was wild. It's funny. I <clears throat> being at the show, so I'm standing there with with our friend Davin, and this guy looks at me. And he comes over to me. He goes, "Tom Shane," and I go, "Yeah." I'm like, "Oh shit." He's like, oh, this band Mind Force, this band rips, this band rips. I go, no, I'm, I'm aware. Um, and then I realized, I was like, oh, shit. So I turned turn down. I'm like, remind me to tell you the story as soon as this guy fucking walks away. It's Evan So the guy Seinfeld. walks away. Huh? It's Evan Seinfeld. No, it's this dude that I went to high school with. The last time I actually got beat up, this guy was involved. Mm. What? No, Tom. And it was in 1994. No, we're gonna get with a little get back on this guy. Where it was 1994, but then he was like huffing, like been like, "You guys still play right?" I tell everybody, "You guys murder." And I, I told my buddy Brian, I wanted to be like lean into him and be like, "You're in my world now, motherfucker," <laughs> um, because you're the weird guy sitting at the bar that nobody knows. Oh, you know, wow. like, um, but yeah, like so they're bringing out folks that are like. I mean, this dude has not been involved in hardcore in any real way, probably in 25 years. No exaggeration. Sure, sure, sure. Like, never saw Indecision at CB's. Like, <laughs> because, a long time. No, but you know, but it's like people that like, yeah. it's 90s was a very weird time that it was like, there are a bunch of people that were around for like three years and then never came back. Sure. Yeah. Oh, yes, yeah. correct. Yeah. Like, they were just like, where the fuck did you go? Like, you started like a year before me and then never came back. Like, did, did you not enjoy yourself? Because this is pretty fucking great. Um, but so, yeah, so I didn't, I didn't pay him back for him getting 18 year old Tom jumped, but it's fine. Whatever. <laughs> um, I'll invite him to the next show, show him what really happened. It was all over the drummer for indecision, which is pretty great. Anyway. Um, and they were both, you know, age of apocalypse is fucking fantastic. All the bands were great. Um, I heard from everybody that the night show was even crazier. Right. Um, but yeah, they ripped, they filmed it. Um, they had like lights. It was like a, it was it was very professional, and and the next Mind Force show has to be in a much 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 bigger venue. Yeah, um, it was great. We we have long praised Mind Force. I I don't I don't know if I ever pictured them being where they're at. It's so awesome, and they've done all this work themselves. It's just it's amazing. Uh, they deserve the biggest kudos, and it's. It's like one of those things. It's like 
how, how do you say I'm proud of seeing it without like taking any credit? Like, there's no credit yeah, here. I, I, so you know what I mean? Like, it's just so cool. Right, like and I they, hate that, but I don't want to be like you, little guy. Like I say that about no. Incendiary too, because they're like my little brothers. But I kind of go like, if someone, I don't know if if like Jimmy Gestapo came and told me that he was proud, I wouldn't take it wrong. Right, sure. But I don't know if some people are like, you know, look at you kids, you finally made no, it. No, right, I'm like, right, I'm like, so proud that people that I care and love, you know, yeah. are fucking killing. Yeah, so, I, I, it's like the utmost of respect and amazement and inspiration when you see peers doing the damn thing and just like blowing it out and seeing mind force be a band who like, yo, they've been able to headline hardcore shows for years now, but like bumping up venues and like St. Vitus having a double show because it's like, you know, there's too many people. Yeah. Selling out a show a week before wild, wild, wild. What were you going to say? PK didn't happen to a better bunch of motherfuckers. That's true. Uh, I, I wrestle with this all the time because I, I always feel like I'm taking ownership if I if I tell somebody that I'm, I'm I'm proud of them. But I've heard from a great many people that that's just in my head that people just like to be told, "Hey, man, I'm I'm really proud of you." So I mean, who doesn't want to be here that like someone's like happy for your success? Like, but I to me, I always feel like I'm like tussling somebody's hair when I go, "I'm proud of you, kid." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, welcome well, to the big leagues. I feel like a fucking asshole. Well, because well, I think you nailed it. Some people, Tom, you, you'll know this. Patrick, if you haven't seen this, you should. Have you ever seen the videos where uh, Chris Paul, a taller player, pats him on the head? Yes. Like in the NBA, it's a thing that dudes do where they pat each other on the head. In a, like They're the same height. They pat on the side. They're bigger. They might pat on the top. But Chris Paul's a small dude. Yeah. Like Chris, NBA size, he, he's six. Yeah, right. Like he's tall for every, any other yeah. human, but on the basketball court, and you, there's video. I think the one I think of is Pau Gasol doing it. Does a like gentle, like total respect, and this is like a, a Spanish dude who doesn't seem like he's got an ounce of disrespect to what he's doing. He does it, and Paul, Paul Chris Paul freaks out. <laughs> so you just never know how someone can take it. Yeah. So. We all know the Mind Force dudes well enough, and they know us well enough to know that it's all love. But it's just like, it's a step beyond love. It's a step beyond respect. It's awe. Like, it's just amazing what they're doing. Um, and what's so cool is that the new record songs are going over so well. Like, I think that might be I the Mind the Force pop. record now, right? That's that. That's what really. I mean, like Excalibur was big for hardcore, but I think this is the record. Just like Thousand Miles Stare for Incendiary, just like Time and Spate. Like this is the record that mm-hmm. kind of gets other people that were were either dormant in hardcore or new to hardcore, being like, "Oh shit!" Wow, you know, I think it's, it's fucking awesome. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. And then there's some other little show, a band from Baltimore. Hold on. There's um, Trapped. Trapped under ice. Trapped under ice. Fucking incredible. Yeah, was it good? Dude. Like, it was one of those things I was like, uh, it it was a very long show. So I missed some bands. 
Mm-hmm. Um, eight bands. A lot of bands. A lot yeah. of bands. Lot, yeah, a lot of shows, long, long weekend. Yeah. My feet hurt. You know what I mean? Um, but we'll just keep – you know what? The other bands – I mean, everyone that I saw was awesome. What's your, what, what, I want to make this a Trapped Under Ice fucking tribute. Yeah, yeah. let's oh, do that. Shit, let's do it. They were – so Brendan's obviously on tour over in New Zealand and Australia right now. Moving fucking thousands of tickets at these fucking theaters that they're playing all over. Right. You know. <laughs> So, which I didn't, I totally forgot. Uh, so it was uh, the drum, Derek from Neverending Game played drums. Mm. Nice. Dude killed it. Incredible job. Like an incredible job. Um, they came out, they, you know, dead silent, the fucking, um, the, what's uh, the song that starts with the dun dun with just the drums. Um, oh, yeah. Do you no, I'm so alive. Um, Big Kiss Goodnight, maybe? Is it uh, See God? No. Um, no, 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 no. It's, on, it's off the... Yeah, big, uh, yeah it's uh, off Big Kiss yeah, Goodnight. Sorry, I'm posing. But uh, it was... They opened with that. It was fucking crazy. The new record songs got crazy reactions. Demo songs got crazy. Like, they played... Skele- like, Skeleton Heads got the bonkers. Like, yeah. there was literally not a dip in the set whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Band sounded great. They all look great. They all, you know what I mean? Like um, our boy Jared. Yeah. Shout out. Firefighter. Dude's fucking yoked. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Still his bass sound is still some of the best bass sounds in hardcore. It was just like I I left and I was, I, you know, I love bands and I love music and stuff. But like everyone, every once in a while, you're like, holy shit. That was like a holy shit. Like unbelievable everyone's singing along there had to be a fucking thousand people in that room and it was just fucking crazy you know no matter what you know our friend justice his style changes and it's always awesome Mm. um baltimore you know he was dressed like a 70s director with a with a baltimore orioles fucking satin jacket on it was awesome Uh yeah Tucked in, not you know what? There's probably no one else in hardcore that could wear a tucked in turtleneck. Not easy. Not great. No, no, not hard. Not easy at all. My man pulled it off. <sighs> yeah, he, was, yeah, he, he, he had, had a cool style. In Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just I was absolutely blown away. And like uh, on on uh, on the air production, if we're going to Detroit and we're on the on the uh, mm. kind of. Maybe we'll go. Maybe we can't go. Whatever. We're going to see Trapped Under Ice. Yeah, that's true. It was unreal, unbelievable. Like one of the, like I was watching. I'm like, oh, like this is like a generational band. Like we talk about them, and like we talk about a ton of bands that we love. But I'm like, oh, this is like one of those like once every maybe ten years. They're like, dude, they're one of the best New York hardcore bands ever. <laughs> I mean, certainly the best not from New York. I've, certainly. Uh, the, I mean, dude, they're the better than oh, 95% of New York hardcore bands that do I the never, same thing. I never thought about it in that frame, and you're you're, you're just right. You're right. I like, mean, think about that. They have several great, great records. Yep. How many New York hardcore bands have sev- several great records? Not, not mm. – uh, less than like yeah, less than on two hands for sure. Yeah, have yeah. several. Um, 
but they all sounded great. It was just awesome. It was awesome, and it was, it was great to see, and hopefully they'll do more. Um, but, yeah, it was – if you have a chance to see them, if they come to your town, whether it be Detroit or other fests or whatever, like, you got to see them. It was shocking how great they were. Probably the be- one of the best times I've ever seen them. That's awesome to hear. They were amazing. They are uh, – random thoughts I had uh, – because I saw them playing Soul Vice in one of the videos. Yep, mm-hmm. and that's my favorite Tui song. Um, oh, I love, it. I love, I see God and Soul Vice are my two favorites. I did see um, God too. Love it. I love it. Um, I, I haven't seen Trapped Under Ice since maybe two thousand eleven or twelve. It's been a long time. Um, mm-hmm. But. Uh, that's my fault. <laughs> um, yeah. They are, they are a generational band. So random thought I was having as I listened to Soul Vice on repeat today, driving my truck. Uh, they are generational in a way that I don't. We talk about them. There's times where we talked about them a lot. Blah, 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 blah. You know, they're generational in a way that I think it's like the way Earth Crisis is generational. The way Youth of Today was generational. Mm-hmm. Minor threat minor threat um a handful of others you know and more recent examples of course but like i'm using those older ones for a reason right title fight was generational sure i i think in terms of like hardcore hardcore like a lot of offshoots a lot of branches they changed hardcore in a way when they started that made it like they opened the door for a lot of sounds to a lot of different people. Like TUI became a gateway band for faster hardcore kids to get into harder stuff. I think they became a lot of harder kids. First hardcore hardcore band. And I don't mean that in a dickhead way. I mean that there are beat down kids and deathcore kids who got into TUI and then got into hardcore. Like, the kind of hardcore that I think of when I think of hardcore classical ass hardcore who maybe just dabbled or knew it, but was like, yo, that ain't my sound, you know, grandpa. Um, And I don't know if it gets acknowledged enough and uh, they might be like a, like a threshold band. Like I think there was time before trapped under ice and time after trapped under ice. And that's weird to say, but it feels real when you see the response at these shows. Yeah, dude, it was it was I mean, un, it was unbelievable. And before we move on, I would like to say thank you. And uh I met a ton of folks that were listeners um you know, throughout the for the past two, the, the two shows that I was at that like came up and said hello. So I really I means all the world to me like it really means a lot that everyone still listens after all these years and and recognizes what we do and it's always weird when someone's like, "Hey, I recognize your voice." I was like, "Fuck, that's crazy." Um, which is cool as shit because I feel like I have the most nondescript voice. But like, thank you, you know, everyone for for all the love that you show. You share the three knuckleheads that do this podcast. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So, thank you. So, hold on, I just want to tell a quick story. Some two good dudes came up to me at the uh, show I went to, the Comeback Kid show, and uh, they, you know, they recognized me and they said, you know, they they were complimentary, but they didn't know that I moved to Perth. Like they, I, I guess you know they don't. They're, they don't they're not listeners to the podcast. They're then. not listeners to the podcast. Come <laughs> off. And I just thought it was so funny that they were like, 
what do you, if you recognize someone 9,000 miles from where you, you know them to live, like, what are your thoughts? Cause I was, I was talking to the guys. I was like, wait, you, you recognize me, but it didn't occur you, uh, to you to say, I live here? yeah, what's it? No. What, what's he doing here? <laughs> like, well, maybe you thought you were on tour. Like what? Yeah. The they, two well, Americans, they, like the two, said, you know, they, they said, uh, they said, uh, uh, yeah, I thought maybe you were traveling with train. I was like, okay, well, that, you know, that, that makes some, some sense. Sure. But like, were you on I, vacation? I was just so, yeah, but, Perth is a beautiful place that you could I urge everybody to see it and to vacation there. Nicer beaches than California for sure. But I, 9,000. I heard it's like miles? fifth on the, on the pecking order. Like, where, where, who, who's above it? <laughs> Sydney. Oh, you're talking about cities. Listen, the speed guys don't fucking put me over a fucking balcony. I, I it's just, there is, I can't uh, wait to see that. Adelaide. <laughs> Uh, Adelaide, I enjoyed more than most people, but it's considered like, like sleepy to a point that it is, uh, just like not worth visiting. What about Melbourne? Uh, most people, most people have something good to say about Melbourne. It's Uh, considered by some to be the best city to live in, in Australia. And it's even been ranked as the world's most livable city more than once. Yeah. What about Brisbane? Uh, I, I, so it's funny. I like the two cities that people low rate. Brisbane gets low rated and so, so does uh, Adelaide. I, I thought they were both nice. Uh, Brisbane reminded me of like one of the Carolinas in like a very, like very Southern Carolina energy. I really liked it. Uh, I've never seen Darwin, which is kind of like the other city that you may mm-hmm. include in this. Uh, would like to. I'm told that it's hell on earth. What about uh, Hobart? What about uh, Canberra? Never been to Hobart. Uh, I may be playing a festival there, uh, and I would like to. I'm told it's cold. I'm told that it's always windy and it's always cold, which has no in- – Hobart? Yeah, I'm not interested in that. It's in Tasmania? Yep. It's an island. I know. It's part of an island. I didn't know. Yeah. Um, Have you uh, been – got to go to Coral Bay. It's supposedly that is the best uh, beaches in the world. Okay. I believe I it's about six, six hours north of Perth. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, north of us is uh, very beautiful. Uh, I, I'm sorry, just, twelve hours. My bad. Yeah, I, I'm. Uh, I think Perth, Perth has nicer beaches than pretty much any place in the United States, and I've been every place. So uh, t- take it under advisement, everybody. I think Speed is playing here, by the way. Now that I'm thinking about Speed, like right I think now, they're, right with, they're doing with stuff with Turnstile. Oh, like I think Turnstile is doing like those like things that only happen seem to happen in Australia. Where like this is a festival, but it's touring. Yeah. Okay. So, but I don't think uh, I hit I hit Brendan and was like, "Yo, can you meet my uh, stepson?" And he's like, "Yeah, of course." But he didn't say, "And I'll guest list you." So now I'm uh, now, <laughs> now I'm, like he'll be outside and be like, "Peace." Um, <laughs> away from the parking lot. Laneway Festival. Yes. But there's nothing else on it I want to see. That's why I was hoping he would offer. I was like, listen, I don't feel comfortable asking as a grown man. You know what I mean? I'm like, yo, I, I mean, I could afford it. They're not playing Perth. They're pl- well, they are. They're, with they're speed. Pl- not with speed. But I think speed is playing here. Okay. Turns out I was playing Melbourne's two nights in Sydney and Brisbane on their own with, with the main support from speed. Literally nothing else on this festival. I would sit there. Laneway? Fe- no, wasn't there somebody? There was somebody helping. You, you won't go see you Heim. Like, you like Phoebe Bridgers? Love Phoebe Bridgers. Yeah. 
There's not the. It's not enough to get me out of the house. There's there's a. Uh, holy. But shit. you can have your son to be. You know, your son to meet the the fellas in Turnstile and see something. Yeah, well, I mean, I was still going to go, but then uh, this festival uh, won't let him in. It's not all ages? No, it's 16 plus. Weird. And I can't pass a nine-year-old. This is a 16-year-old. <laughs> no. I mean, you got Haim, Phoebe Bridgers, Phineas, which is uh, Billy Eilish's brother who writes all the songs. Uh, you know 100 what? Gex. Weirdly, not, not a draw for me. Ross from Friends is playing. Okay. The Bets, who we talked about in here, one of my records from last year. Oh, yeah. Okay. There's a lot of stuff in here, but I, I'm also 100, so I don't know who, like, Dallas Woods or Lazy Eyes might be, like, a big thing, you and you I just don't, don't know. know. You don't know who Tasman Keith is? I don't know who Chaos in the CBD is either, so. Fontaine's DC is supposed to be very good. Mm. All right. I, so may go. I may still go. I may still go. February 12th. Perth, Australia. Mm. Well, but when's speed coming? I gotta look at that. It might be fucking tomorrow. Might be wow, tomorrow. turnstile on that playing at nine thirty at night. Yeah, I mean, their their main their co headlining with Haim. Yeah, where do I find speed dates? Yeah, that, that speed dates that'll work. <laughs> yeah, it's not yeah so we we slowly are. This is Patrick devolving into old man on the internet. Yo, I, I didn't know how to how post do I find on this? I had to have somebody else post something on Instagram for me the other day. I was the most frustrated I ever said. I almost said, fuck it. I don't care if I have a career or not. Suck a dick. Like, I was so mad. Was Can like, you post that for me, Sonny? Like, I, I literally, I had to have, do you know how you, uh, I didn't know you could even do this. You could do a collaborative post where you give somebody else, like you post with someone. It goes up at the same time. Yes. Uh, I had no idea that was a thing. After trying for 15 minutes, I just was like, 15 minutes for like fucking half an hour i was like uh hey i'm just going to add you to this could you post it because i don't know what i'm doing the sizing man i don't know how the sizing works it makes me so mad good lord so mad <laughs> I mean, you spend most of your life on the internet yeah yeah that's true it's not good that's at true it. It, you know who i am i'm like the guy that's like always at the basketball court and sucks you know what I mean? That's oh, me. Yeah. Right. You dress the part and everything. You know, actually, like you got the new sneakers. No one is yeah. it, it, like when we're doing team. Nobody's picking me. No one's picking you. Right, dude. This is crazy. Turns out nine thirty to ten thirty against Heim after Phoebe Bridgers on the same. The Beths are playing eight hours before them on the same stage. That's crazy. Perth, Wellington Square. Is that like a part of the city or is that a venue? Uh. Uh, so Wellington, I think it's a part, I don't know. It's in Fremantle. Some of those, uh, so Fremantle is like the cool neighborhood in Perth. So like sometimes if you're from Fremantle, you don't say you're from Perth. You're like, I'm from Fremantle, which is obnoxious. I guess it's like saying <laughs> Brooklyn. Um, I'm, which is a geographic name no, of stop, a place. Stop, stop, What do you say? Well, I'm from New York? No, you're from Brooklyn. It's a fucking If you're talking part- to somebody, if, it, listen, if you were in, if you were in Perth, and somebody asked you where you're from, and you said Brooklyn, I'd say Tom. They'd go, awesome. I'd say, come on, brother. Come on. Tom, I wouldn't I, say Queens. I'd say Brooklyn. No. Everyone knows Brooklyn. It's just, the most yeah. famous York. city in the world. This I'd isn't, this isn't Bethlehem. Tom's right. It's Brooklyn. Yeah, I wouldn't say I was from fucking Cahoes either, bro. <laughs> oh, Brooklyn. So impressive because we've heard of it. whoop de whoop I mean, it is pretty fucking awesome. We did. I mean, I uh, met um, Adam. From Cold Kiss mm. at uh, the Mind Four show. Hell yeah. And Shut I up. told him that 
that we were not taking um, we were not taking responsibility for you. <laughs> That's fine. Fine. Mm, mm. Um, yo, I wanted to ask you both: what makes a band good live, like a hardcore band good live? Is it sounding exactly like the records? No. No. Do you think it's a mistake when bands try to do that? Absolutely. I thought it was. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you need to sound good, though. You do, but I thought it was a mistake for fucking Rush. And I like, I love Rush records. And when I saw them live, I was like, oh, that was pointless, huh? <laughs> Where did you see Rush? Uh, the Dome, the Egg. Oh, no. Times no, Union no, no. Center? Times Union no, Center? No, no, no. It was in Southern California. Uh, me and Jimmy oh. Walsh went. I dragged Jimmy Walsh because uh, I was like, We did I, talk I, about this. Yeah. yeah, I was like, I get him for, I'm getting, uh, you know. Guess. You live in Canada. You have to like Rush, right? Yeah. <laughs> he was like, I don't think I want this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm from Philadelphia. I definitely don't want to go see this. I'm, I live in Canada now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, did they have the washing I, machine? They did, yeah. I, I so so this is a question that's come up because we've heard from people and we've talked about it. There are some excellent bands from all times that you then see and go, why all just stand in there? Because the music's great, and oh, don't give me started. the only logic I can come to is, well, they just want to sound perfect. There's been bands I've loved who, when you see it live, quite often the front person is exempt from this. Quite often you'll see the front person moving around. A couple times I've seen it where they also are in on the bit of just trying to sound perfect, but that's few and far between. Does it matter for both of you guys as front people if the rest of your bandmates are going off or if they're just uh, standing there? Still standing stand there better be the fucking bit. If that's the thing, like it better be, we're all standing. Oh, suddenly we're a shoegaze band. Okay. If that's what it is, it is what it is. But, and I hate it. But if we are a fucking hardcore band and you're not moving, the only excuse is that, <laughs> and everybody check this out. If you're not like a person that pays attention to this shit, you will now. Uh, there's a lot of bands where everybody's moving, but Everybody's moving, 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 moving. But you will have a guitarist standing somewhere a little further back that is actually playing music <laughs> because uh, because uh, a crazy thing about live music, particularly in, in sub 500 cap rooms, is that you can have whole portions of a song where uh, your bassist and rhythm guitarist uh, can fly away and <laughs> the crowd will still have a great time, but there has to be somebody playing music. So someone's got to hold it down. The yeah. guy behind the scrim, like at most, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, right, you, like the guy that's not in the band, but he plays guitar because Billy Joe Armstrong can't do it on his own anymore. Yeah, you will yeah. see. Yep. That's so, the exact exact uh, example I was thinking of. And in our- although I did see, I we talked about. I think I talked about this when I saw the Descendants in Denver. There was a guy off off stage playing second guitar. Whoa, I did not know that. Really interesting. Because I was filming them playing, and I was like, "What is that guy?" Do? I thought he was a he was a, a guitar tech, right? But right. then I realized I was watching Stefan Egerton and him, and I was like, "Oh, they're playing together." Oh, weird. Yeah, it was strange. It was weird. I mean, but because the Descendants are always 
no no comments from Pat Kinlan, the peanut gallery. Yeah. They're always perfect. Yeah. Like they don't fucking miss a note. No, no, that's a that's a band. Musically, I mean, yeah, sometimes per- you know. sonically almost unmatched in their precision. Right. So it was just weird to see a second guitar player. Um no, but I mean I think you need to sound pretty good. Depend you know, I think you need to sound good. Even if it's fucking chaotic, you need to sound good. People need to move around a little bit. Not everyone is like a jumping, like, you know, I'm all over the place front person either. One hundred percent, yeah. And there's room for that too. I think you can be like to me, you know, there's bands like, you know, Tim Singer is not fucking jumping off the wall like he was an after driving. Right. Yeah, that's true. But he's one of the best front people ever. Right. Ha- have a presence. There's a way to have a presence. Yeah. Do you a could thing. be fucking intense as hell. You can be fucking psychotic and not even yelling to the microphone. Like, whatever it is, just do it. Yeah. And, and for the rest of the band, um, I don't know. I, I Maybe it's an undue burden on the... F- the singer, the front person, uh, you certainly see it carried, but uh, I mean, right? Like, I want the drummer to sit out. Correct. That's correct. my only thing. Don't <laughs> don't get off that fucking seat. I've seen people that it's like during a mosh part, someone will stand a sit your ass back down. Don't stand on your drum seat. Don't sit up. Don't ask for the microphone unless you have one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's been times I've seen bands like, oh, I just want to talk real quick. Like, man, that's not. No, stay in your lane, babe. That's like a therapy session on stage, to be honest. Like, oh, wait, let's pause and see what's going on here. Why does this person need to have the microphone right now? Hmm, this is weird. Um, Yo, I I, I think it is not a lost art, but I I will also say that there are entire subgenres of hardcore that are essentially built on the foundation of everyone in the band is jumping except the drummer, but everyone who's holding an instrument is jumping period. Um, and I'm not saying that that's good. I'm not, I'm definitely not saying that's necessary, but I am saying it's a lot more fun to watch than somebody who's looking down at their hands, the whole set. Yes. Yeah. I mean, think about, I know this is not a Pat's alley, but it's up me and Bob's alley. Mm. Those like, the OO to O2 American Nightmare. Yeah. Oh. Shows. Mm-hmm. Like, if you got like a fucking a board recording of it, you'd be like, what yeah. is oh, this? Yeah. Oh my God. But the intensity of everybody, crowd and band members, like, oh, no. it was un- unmatched. But then you also get some things, you know, like that you hear like a live, like a board recording, you're like, oh, this sounds great. But it, oh. I'm sure it wasn't as intense. No, no, right. And and I mean, so it's funny because I think there's – we're looking at the way these like uh, archival footprints last in a different way now where we're seeing so much video footage. Like that's the way people are consuming it. I'm somebody who likes old like live sets. I like that. I like listening to them. Not all the time, but that's that's a cool thing to me. I mean, Upfront was in my fucking algorithm on YouTube today. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I watched a bunch of SSD. Right, right. So, so like, that's... You're making up for not Pat. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to... Con- I'm overcompensating. I don't want to get beat up. So, um, so I, I do think there's this weird push between, like, sounding good, but also, like, 
fucking going off, man. And there are people who are able to do it. We just the bands we talked about today, Mind Force, Trapped Under Ice, example exemplary uh, things to look at and say, oh, yeah, those are bands who sound right. great and put right. on, you know, every show, right, and have fun. Even if you're not like Mind Force is not in like a like intense like you know I'm I'm like staring a hole through your chest band yeah and they're not necessarily like I'm jumping off the walls band but they look like they're having a fucking good time that's right that's right that's right and that's all you got to do you don't have to like as long as you're not looking like you're waiting for the bus you're you're winning that's right so um, balance it out. Uh, and I think that's the recipe you'll find for the best live bands because there are tons, and we've talked about this kind of to death, tons of great front people out there right now, like people who are leveling up, people who have their own unique thing, front people. Yo, I want to see the guitar players going nuts. I want to see that stuff. I'm not talking about you doing Fallout Boy rolls over each other's backs. I do not want to see that. Yeah, I do want to see you going off. Uh, yo yo is there a cooler like i will argue packed gills show bass player guitar player diving into the crowd holding their instrument one of the coolest moves straight up i just think it yeah. looks awesome and, that's and, i mean that, that sold me on strife yeah in, unless you're the the guy that takes it in the forehead and then you're like oh I, I don't know how I feel about this anymore. Well, right. Well, you that's, go through the crowd like a hot night through butter, and now you're like laying on the floor yeah. with the bass out of turn. But I mean, that that's true. You got to pick your spots. But like, it's it's the same thing as any you know, uh, the the instruments got to be. You got to have it. Like, yo, I don't know. Practice at home, folks. This is the same as how to uh, stage dive without kicking someone in the face right out. You know. Um, so. Figure this out. I think it's a great thing. Um, and I think there's a way. Pat, you use the term professional. And when you say professional, you mean they sound good. Super high level. Su- super dialed and level tight. of is tight. Yes. The it, confidence is, is high. They know when they're going out there, what they're bringing, and they're all ready to do it. Right? Which, by, which by the way, for anybody that's... That like, used to have a bad connotation. Pro Hardcore used to have a bad connotation. Yes, it did. Totally. But I'm going I'm, I'm to give this a definition that I think you two guys will agree with me, and we can just make this our definition for these conversations. Uh, everybody, you can be goddamn terrible as a player, but if you are locked in with other terrible players and you know what you are playing... You can still sound like a professional fucking band. It, I'm not talking. I don't need uh, uh, virtuosity from anybody ever in punk music. <laughs> uh, however, I it is. Do not play above your level. Just fucking lock in what you are good at with other people that understand what you're shooting for, and you will sound quote unquote professional. I promise. And that's I, I mean to go to that. That's kind of why I wanted to have this conversation: is the idea of professional and not professional. Uh, Tom said it right. Procore certainly has had a negative connotation. Probably still does in many circles. Um, Just take I pride think, in your shit. Well, right, and and whatever that is, like like honestly, Procore was used as a term to slag bands for doing stuff uh, in a more concise or or you know acting like they were playing msg way. when they're playing fucking 20 in front of 75 people at fucking ninny factory that's right that's right oh that's and, really and, what it was like yeah come on everybody clap like no clap when it was clapping was brought to hardcore that's when people were like oh, here we go <laughs> <laughs> uh 
that was the beginning of fucking I to me that was like the beginning of Procore when people were like, I'm gonna get everybody involved, but not in like a cool hardcore way in a like, you know, here's the breakdown. I want everybody, you know, like I'm getting you know like um I I think there's a lot of different slagging, but but the idea of like, like Tom said, take pride in what you're doing, do it well, do it as well as you can, and that's not to say like I'm saying that in the same breath and with zero hypocrisy or thinking these things can't coexist. Even if you aren't that skilled, go start your own band and do your own thing, because you'll figure it out. And like, yo. I'm not saying the folks in Negative Approach didn't know what they were doing. They definitely knew what they were doing. I'm not saying the folks who were on the early Discord records didn't know what they were doing. They definitely knew what they were doing. But I am saying there's some classic hardcore records written by people who were just picking up their instruments, putting it together, figuring it out, and that's been true over and over and over. And then sometimes they get better and do different things. And so just just don't take doing meh as a like I'm I'm doing this is the way it's supposed to be. No, like do it the best you can. If that's not particularly well, cool. And by the way, still go off. Have fun. Make this yeah. make this your shit. Yeah, this is simple. It, it's uh being super professional uh may not be hardcore uh depending on the circumstance, but sounding like ass is just a, it, like it's it's just a fucking excuse, man. Like it, it's it's just like it's just fake shit. You don't need to like don't hide behind it. You know what I mean? Don't be like, there oh, we go. we're, we're yep. just a punk band. Uh, can I uh, uh, ask a potentially uh, go? Let's go. Problematic sweet. question. Um, oh, sweet. It, do bands that were fantastic live acts or known for that do is a pivot to a more um, a different direction, a more stu- studio um, effort uh, at a live act is. Is it ever well advised? And I'm I'm thinking of American Nightmare. Uh, I can't speak to their latest record. I, I don't know how it sounds, right? But uh, is it? So I'm not even making a judgment on th- the quality of the music. I, I'm saying, is it? Even if your heart says we're older, I want to do something that reflects that. I want to ref- I want to do something that reflects my changing tastes. I don't want. I also uh, I'm older and I don't want somebody throwing my back out inadvertently. Um, for me, uh, we acknowledge that's all real. And these are like perfectly valid motivations for the artist. Does it ever work? Does it ever translate in a way that we, that we'd say, yeah, that was well advised. Or is it usually, I think that you lost me. I, I think it's uh, Tom. I'm saying, is it intrinsic to a live band? That's great to, to be that live band, to be that great live band, or can you pivot to something else? Uh, I mean, I think American nightmare is a different kind of great live band now. Okay. I mean, that might be, but they were sloppy as shit when they were, when they were at their best, when everybody loved them, they were the fucking messiest band you'd ever see, but it was the fucking coolest thing you'd ever seen. Yeah. Now, you can put them on a giant stage in front of people that uh, you know, a thousand people that have no idea who they are, and they're fu- they're impressive as hell because they're fucking precise and they sound great. So they're and and, and like a objective overall live act, they're probably better now than they were. Oh, uh, I mean, yes, for sure. The experience is a thousand times different, but like you you can put them you know at a fucking you know FIF fest or whatever the fuck in front of. 
you know, 500 kids that love them and 5,000 people that don't really know what's up and people will walk away being impressed by them. Those same people might not have been impressed in, you know, 2001 when they played yeah. CBs and it was fucking 7 billion people like like literally trying to kill the other people. Everyone knows every word and everyone's jumping off anything they can. But yeah, but maybe some of the instruments are out of tune and the people are just going nuts on stage, too. Um, yeah. Right. It might be a different experience for someone who doesn't, you know, yeah. who's not involved in the chaos. Standing back and watching that probably not that much fun. Um, so, so the question is, and do you, here's my, here's my clarifying question. Do you mean the same band? Like yes, under yes, the same? Yes. Yeah. Uh, is it advisable? No, but, but time is not advisable, right? And nobody no. said aging is advisable, you know, like turning 35 isn't advisable, but you still do it. Luckily, you're lucky if you do it. Right. Um, so the idea is. If you are still doing something that is creatively fulfilling, yes. Like, let's let's say ceremony. I mean, if they were to perform a set of their later material, it's definitely a different energy than their early material. And I think they would be the first to say, yeah, and when we perform it, it's going to feel differently than when we perform a violence, violence material, right? Just, just intrinsically, right? Um but there's a way to marry those things. And I think in 2023, there's an unabashed way to go, hey, we can vacillate between those two things in a way that in 1999 might have felt violent and weird. Like if, God, I'm trying to think of a good example. Like, all right, if if Texas is the reason was playing and then they called Rob Fish on stage and we're like, and now we're going to do a 108 song. Cool. You know what I mean? Like, but how that's not that different than Ceremony throwing in old songs, you know, and, and it, it can really, uh, I think the the short answer is, is it advisable? You have to be good. You just have to be really good the long answer is it wasn't i i would have said even 15 years ago i would have been like i doubt that that a band could pull it off to go from being aggressive to being very not aggressive you know what i mean like husker do didn't start out as negative approach so as they continued to mellow it wasn't some shock yeah that's true um but but if negative approach continued on and delivered the you know the first easy action LP as a negative approach LP whatever you know people might be like ah this isn't this isn't what I want from my negative approach right uh, I mean <clears throat> I think yeah <laughs> yeah this is, that is not what I want from my negative approach I, I mean look I'm I'm the guy that's always in the artist corner as, in terms of you 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 have an absolute right to do anything you want and fuck your fucking stupid fans but I also I just wonder, like, as a fan, like, is this ever advised? <laughs> is this ever, like, the direction you want to go? But ceremony is a good argument. People pe- people like the new material, certainly. Well, I mean, well, here's let's, – let's flip it. What if they ceased playing the old material? Does that make them an unappealing act for people to go see? I'm not sure. I think they're still – a very compelling live act, even when they're playing their more 
you know, their newer material, which, as I've noted, is my favorite of their material on recording. But obviously, the live show, as a hardcore guy whose brain was broken at a young age to live events, like, yo, I can't, going to see music that isn't hardcore is difficult for me. Going to live events that don't have a really palpable energy is hard for me because I've been to a lot of amazing hardcore shows that are, and I try not to be hyperbolic about this, but they are about as combustible and the most energy that you can have in a space. And if you've gotten to go to some cool hardcore shows, you're in a really small minority of the world who's gotten to witness that really cool fucking thing, you know? So I don't know. I, I, I think it's tough. Um, uh, it's tough. I, 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 I can't think of a ton of examples where it's worked. Good luck to everyone, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, a quick, a quick thought for both of you that might might twist. Uh, listener and friend of the show, Knox, um, did an interesting dive with his uh, sibling, who had never heard Slapshot, but he's like, "Oh, let's let's dive into the entire Slapshot discography." Uh, Knox was familiar, but he had started later in the Slapshot discography. So when he started at the beginning, he was like, oh, this isn't the Slapshot I know sonically. But oh. then more of their catalog was a more familiar, faster, hardcore sound. But when he went back to Back on the Map, Step on It, uh, I guess even, um, what's the record after that? Uh, 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 not blast furnace, but no, I mean, no. Uh, before you got sixteen valve, but that's that's not that's the one after of, that. Yeah. Anyways, sudden death, sudden death overtime. Thank you. Uh, it's funny because now that band's catalog is more latter day stuff, and at what point in how people hear music will the the you know the early material, which to me that's the definition of what Slapshot sounds like, is step on it and like. But that's not what most of their music sounds like. No. Does the class so the the question is, does a classic record overrule the overarching sound of an entire career? I mean, it it depends on what your revival is, right? Like how are people how do people revive you late later, like when you're like either so deep in your in your career that you're kind of uh, not making waves with new people or you're no longer playing. Uh, how do people kind of like take you on that revival tour of, of uh, the internet? You know what I mean? <laughs> like it, it's, it's not decided by what's best. It's by decided it's decided by like, for example, um, at this exact moment, a conversation about Sepultura will re- refer to, uh, you know, arise and, and uh, chaos, but, a time will come that it's that the majority of people interested in Sepultura are talking about roots. That that time will come. You know what I mean? It's, and and, yeah. and, and that might be might be very close. Very yeah. close. That's right. That's right. So, uh, and look, I wouldn't be mad. I, I think that record has some real high points to it, some real low points too. But uh, it, it is. Uh, but that's the way that that thing goes, right? Is that like you know, like you know, AF, like you know. Uh, 
in hardcore circles, uh, it, it, uh, victim in pain. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. <clears throat> but but uh, that that will slowly change, no matter what anybody says. And their biggest song has got to go. That's right. We've talked. Yes, hundred percent. Right. We've, we've, right. we've talked about it. It's it's uh, and the person that is. There's going to be a hardcore kid that might not be recognizable to the three of us, but a hardcore kid who got to go is, is it. And that's gonna, what they're going to base their band on. And when they talk about uh, AF, they're going to be talking about that song and that era. And they're going to, and that they're, if their band takes off, then guess what? <laughs> you know what I mean? The conversation about AF has uh, changed for an entire generation. Jawbreaker too. Jawbreaker. The record that broke them up. Got them back together. There you go. Yeah. Dear you caused them to break up because it was hated. So bizarre because it's so clearly good. <laughs> so it's so oh, I mean, but if you hear it compared to the other stuff, I could see why people were fucking bummed on it. Sort of. I Tom, where do you I mean I love you, the other stuff too. Where do you do you prefer Dear You to the other stuff or Who are you asking? You, Tom. Or yeah. Pat. You. I think Pat prefers yeah. Dear You. Yeah, I think I, I think I'm um, I mean, I think I go 24 hour revenge therapy. Okay. That might be my number one. Just cause it's like, it's a, it's a, just a punk record. The lyrics are fucking fantastic, you know, but I mean, dear you is like, it's a massive fucking record. There's like, like dozens of guitar tracks. It's just like, it's a, and it, I mean, it laid the groundwork for what, you know, everyone after 1995 did in emo and like, you know, big, like, Bands that went big, like yeah. Taking Back Sunday or Run for Cover bands or anything, like that's because of fucking Dear You is the record that kind of. But I mean, it broke them up because everyone hated them so much, and they signed to a major label, and they were like shit on, yep. and that was it. Yep. But then it became so that record became so big over the years that like they headlined fucking Riot Fest. I mean, yeah, and have had. I mean, that's the record that I think has put them on the map for several musical generations post their breakup right like yes yeah that's the the go-to i see for many 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 people so it's wild i mean that's the easiest i think to kind of get into as dense as it is i think it's Mm -hmm. you don't have to like punk you know or like pop punk or fucking I mean, they were like a gilman band so it wasn't like they were pop punk like but like yeah that you don't have that kind of to get into Yeah, you could put that on for like someone who's pretty civilian. If you put on like accident prone or something, I yeah. think people would be like, "Totally get it." Yeah, you know. And then you read the lyrics, you're like, "Holy crap, this dude's a fucking genius!" But like, even just on a on a kind of superficial level, I think most civilian folks that like guitar based music would be like, "This is a great record." But they might not think the same with Twenty Four Hour Revenge Therapy or fucking Bivouac or whatever, you know? Yeah. Listen to Jawbreaker, everybody. They're fucking one of the best. There you go. It's my, and and smoking popes. That's it. That's all you need. Wow. I, I yeah, feel like that's that's second, I feel like the second one is a little bolder choice. Um, <clears throat> all right. Have you listened? To, have you listened? To, have you given the smoking no, popes? No, a, I, have, I have not. I have not. Would you be open to? Of course. Letting me hip you to them. Yeah, of course. They might be a little bit too saccharine for you. Uh, I can do Sam. There, I can do Sam. I am. This is even more earnest. Oh, well, that might be tough. Um, but some of the best, like, um, like power pop songs ever. All right, I'll I'm gonna make. You, will you fuck with Spotify? Yes, I will. 
for you. I will make you, you a good on Spotify. Thank you very much. I, uh, you can use the Axe to Grind. I mean, I pay extra, so Axe to Grind has its own account. Oh, shit. So you can use it. Um, but yeah, I'll make you a playlist. And if anybody else wants it that's listening, hit me up or hit up the Axe to Grind podcast yeah. Instagram. I'll be happy to share it with the, with you if, you if you're like, what's the Smoking Popes band all about? Yeah, pop Very that together. Story. You've talked about them a lot, and I'm curious about them. If you like Alkaline Trio, that's where they got their ideas from. Okay. All right. All right. But less like black and red and, you know, it's not as dark. Yeah, no no vampires. No vampires. <laughs> no vampires. Good night, everybody. I have no a related question for you fellas, but it's going to wait until next week. No vampires. Tease. No vampires. 